Well, I will say something to the idea of like of being afraid to get the details right. You have to allow yourself to be wrong and, and get the, and, and to get things wrong, and that's scary. You are now listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing with your host, John Robinson IV. Here we smash walls, demolish writer's blocks, and learn how to harness the true power of storytelling. Let's get it cracking. David Crownson is an actor and writer best known for his alternate history action horror comic, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, which is now being filmed for a TV series. In addition to Harriet Tubman, he is also the creator and owner of Kingwood Comics, where he plans to create more incredible stories for the masses. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing podcast. I'm your host, John Robinson IV, and today with me is David Crownson. What's going on? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i i've known david for quite a while now so um uh i think i think i believe if i'm not mistaken that when david first got into the game <laughs> with uh harriet team uh harriet tubman demon slayer uh i believe that was the first person that reached out for i don't know yes. <laughs> i think you you in bleeding cool news uh, yeah, but I think I, you 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 were first. Bleeding Cool was second. So yeah, you're the and that was primary. like man, that was like four years ago now. I think. Yeah, it was tw- uh, twenty. Um, no, it was December twenty sixteen. Wow! Oh, dang, that's even longer than that. Jeez. Okay, time is time is yeah, time is elusive. It just kind of <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. But um, but no, I I appreciate you for coming on. Um. Glad to talk to you as always. Glad to have you on the podcast. And um, as usual, we're gonna we're gonna talk about writing. And um, as as you know, and as other people who listen to the podcast know, we like to really get behind the curtain when it comes to writing, um, and, and really get into the nitty grit of of how the process is done. Um, and with I, I guess one of the first questions I want to ask you specifically um, that I don't ask a lot of other creators because this is this is one of those um, those idea questions. One of the one of the uh, one of the major questions mm-hmm. a lot of writers ask is, "Hey, where do you get your ideas from?" And with Harriet Tubman, Demon, Harriet Tubman, I always say, "Want to push it all together." Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, being such a unique and fun idea, uh, kind of where did that like how how did that idea hit you? And then, generally speaking, how do you think you think of other uh, creative ideas? Uh, they kind of, at least with with Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. With Nightmare in New York, Killer Bee, um, they've all kind of uh, happened a little bit by accident. Um, like Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, I I was basically just traveling. I was out of the country because I was trying to get away. Uh, my background's in acting. I'd be on auditioning uh, for this independent movie called Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and I didn't get it. So I was all like upset that this unknown actor named John Boyega got it and I didn't get it. So, so like, uh, I decided to go travel to Ghana, West Africa, where my parents are from and uh, amazing. Every black American should do it. Please leave this country, live somewhere else abroad. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, man, I was watching like a Harriet Tubman documentary and there was uh, Harriet Tubman. They traced her roots and her heritage to Ghana. So, like, she's hugely celebrated, mm. uh, probably more so than he, like there than in America. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it was like this full, like, two hour, like, documentary. Uh, so I watched that and just got to learn about her her life. Mm. Um, I mean, I, there are things I already like knew. I'm like, but there are other things I I like didn't know about mm-hmm. like like her uh with, with narcolepsy that that was being explored and with her being considered the most dangerous woman in america and having like the entire nation at the time was hunting her down like mm-hmm. she was 
considered like a big fugitive and they were trying to like get the money. I think it was like, it was, you know, some things are kind of inaccurate. Like I want one of the numbers is like $45,000 is what they were trying mm. to catch her. Some was ranging on like $900 to catch her, which like still with inflation, you know, it's like $10,000, you know, to catch this, this woman. And uh, people, they, they didn't know that it was a four foot 11 uh, black woman who was disabled and can't read. You know, they thought it was a white man because she mm. went by Moses. And then they thought it was a white man in blackface. And then they, there's no way a Negro could trick us like this. And uh, then they thought it was, you know, okay, maybe it's a Negro male. And then when they found <laughs> out it was a black woman who's been tricking them and this is so disgusting to say, stealing property mm. from that and sending, bringing slaves to freedom. Uh, like that was like, we have to kill her. So I do watch this documentary. It's great. Dope. Awesome. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think it was called like, I think it was called, it was like Harriet, the most, it was, it was like the Moses of our time. Harriet, Harriet Tubman's mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Um. So, anywho, watched that and then was channel surfing, and I stumbled upon the ending of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right, and it's the yeah, that whole ending. The stars aligned. (laughs) Yes, and I didn't know at the time. I'm just thinking, yo, I'm just, I'm just, you know, home in Ghana, and I'm just chilling out because I couldn't go out because it was raining really badly, and I walk everywhere, um, and I didn't have an umbrella. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm just stuck inside. Mm-hmm. So um, anywho, I was like watching it. Michelle Yao, Zhang Zi, Katana fight scene, dope scene. So dope. Uh, and then when that ended, uh, this movie called Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters came on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to be all up in this movie. Because I wanted to see it when I was in the States. And now I can like watch it on TV in, in like in motherfucking Africa. This is great. <laughs> so, like I'm in Ghana, I'm in Ghana, West Africa. This is dope. Gonna watch Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. And it was a terrible movie. Terrible movie. Unfortunately, just just really awful film. So like I was just writing in my journal and it was like my first time uh being outside of the country. And I think in my journal, these, these like three things kind of stood out in my journal and it was Katana fight scene, Harriet Tubman, witch hunters. And then I was like, Harriet Tubman, demon slayer. So like, totally <laughs> like by accident. And then I was like, I, I'm like, yo, this premise is cool, but I don't know what it is. I, like it's not a movie. I don't know. How, like, I don't have the money <laughs> for that. And like, um, what's it called? Uh, and then when I was traveling, you know, I had a bunch of comics on me mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't know I was like going to make this comic book. I just was like, okay, I'm in a country where I've never, I don't really speak the language and right. uh, what's it called? I, I might not have like access to internet quickly. So I just brought like a whole bunch of like my comic books with me and just would read my comics and reread my comics and uh, when I got into, it was a bunch of Brian Michael Bendis books. Mm-hmm. It was basically the entire run of Alias, uh, the entire run of Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, and uh, his Peter Parker, Ultimate Spider-Man. Right. So right. It, was like, it, was like a, it was like a Brian Michael Bendis binge. <laughs> it was like the best of Brian Michael Bendis right. until he went to DC Comics. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, so when I got back into the States, I got back into New York. Um, I, you know, those like overpriced like bookstores at like airports and shit. Mm. Uh, there was one that I think it was like Brookstone. And I just walked in to like buy some Gatorade or something or some water because I've been <laughs> on this flight and I saw how to write comic books and it was by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, so uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm making a comic book. <laughs> you know, and then, and then I think I ordered it on Amazon because it was like 120 bucks at the airport. So oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. order this on Amazon, $7. Right. <laughs> and uh, I just read that and kind of taught myself. I knew how to write like TV scripts and I knew mm-hmm. how to write film scripts, but I didn't know how to like 
do a comic book script, which right. is, right. you know, with novels, you can be, you know, long and descriptive. With screenplays, you can still be descriptive, but be kind of specific mm-hmm. and succinct. With comics, you have to be even more succinct. <laughs> but still, you still have to leave enough imagination and creativity for the illustrator. Because right. I can't, like, I'm going to write, like, a full-blown... I, I think I've literally... There's one line of dialogue I wrote for issue, not dialogue, just a description for issue three, where it's a splash page. Mm-hmm. And the description is, I think, I, and I, I like, I directly address the artist drawing it. Yeah. And I will literally say, like, yo, make this epic as fuck. Make this <laughs> the best drawing you've ever. This is the, I, 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 I literally write down, like, you know, Harry Tubman slashes through demonic vampires and slashes right. through slave masters. This is the most violent thing ever put on in comics. <laughs> and somehow, like, at first, I, you know, because it, 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 it's just funny because it, it feels like, oh my God! It feels like I'm <laughs> You have to put that energy in, mm-hmm. like, I think, to get the, the artist, like, really, like, like into it, you right. know? Um, <clears throat> Yeah, again, so, so like, Harry Tom Davis, there was a little bit of a, a happy accident, same with Nightmare and yeah. New World, because, uh, um, I just kind of dealt with, like, Nightmare in New York, um, is a, which the Kickstarter goes live in April, everyone. <laughs> y'all make sure y'all get on that. <laughs> yes, get on that. Spread the word. Uh, you know, Nightmare in New York is about a girl who's coming out to her family. And in the middle of her coming out to her family, an alien invasion erupts in her apartment building. And she has mm-hmm. survived this crazy alien invasion and right. came out to her family. Uh, hilarity and action ensues. But, uh, that was just kind of birthed from, I had, I got approached, me and Cortland Ellis, the artist on issue one of Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, mm-hmm. we got approached by Webtoon to make a horror, uh, short story. and uh we were gonna do it and they were gonna pay us and then i think the editor uh i think quit so the the book like fell apart so one of the stories i was working on was going to be about like okay what if uh it was going to be about a guy a black man telling his family that he's dating a white woman Mm. uh that alien invasion was going to (laughs) happen i was like I was like, damn, I don't know if I can do this in like, in like 19 pages. Um, right. <laughs> let me do, uh, cause it feels more grandiose and shit. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. uh, in the early like <laughs> workshopping of the script, um, I wrote about him and his cousin who is gay and coming out. And, and I was like, I had more fun writing her. So, mm-hmm. uh, actually, no, it wasn't even, it wasn't even an alien invasion yet, yeah. but, uh, I just wanted to kind of like frame it with these two characters, mm-hmm. but then I was like, okay, I'm going to switch to them, but I don't know what, what's going to be the horror thing. Right. Happen. right. And uh, I was trying to move back to my apartment in Harlem and uh, I found out the building had a bed bug outbreak. Oh my like, God. The whole <laughs> like, insects, like these nasty, like insects all over it. And then I was like, I think one of my friends was like, yeah, you should just make that, you know. <laughs> uh, my, my, my friend, my friend Alexis, dope, awesome woman. Mm-hmm. Alexis, if you're hearing this, uh, this is the only credit I'll give you. Um, <laughs> 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 Alexis was like, it's like, yeah, you should just make, because we were talking about it. And she's like, yeah, you, you should just make your book about, like, you know, bed bugs and stuff, you know, invaded. And I'm like, I ain't no bed bugs. And then I was like, wait, what if the bed bugs were like mutated, like giant creatures? Right, right, right. Like scary mm-hmm. and shit. And I was like, I was like, you know what, Alexis? Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, just have a bunch of bed bugs and just step on them. Cause that's scary as hell to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I won't make it that easy. Like you can just step on them. I'm going to make right. them like the size of an adult. Cause that shit is horrifying and, and honestly um, like, like the way the way you're describing like how you get these ideas is kind of like what i always think about or talk about myself with keeping your writer's brain open or your writer mind open you know because like anything is a story potentially <laughs> like 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 anything 
Yeah, 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 man. You kind of have to um, be open to like uh, right now. Like now, I have a great editor named Sharonda J. Brown, mm-hmm. who uh, is this amazing powerhouse of a black woman who mm-hmm. uh, is great at giving notes and because I like I don't want to like be too much like all right, I'm just doing this with my shit. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it's your ideas work best to have a trusted community of people to bounce it off of. Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just to hear like, Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Doing that. Mm-hmm. Or like, Hey, that's not really hitting the way mm-hmm. it should hit. Right. Um, we like, what if you did this? Try this, right. you know? Um, so sometimes you're some, some, some things are like, Oh, cool. That's great. Some things they may not get it. And I'm like, yo, I'm doing that idea. Kiss my black ass. And, doing that. <laughs> um, and that, and that comes after I like take a minute to like sit with the suggestion for like a day right. or like a week. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, yo, that, that note bums me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes ideas like, yeah, honestly, being able to bounce things off people are, are, are some of the best ways to to kind of like polish your ideas. Because I know there, there's some situations where I'll talk to my wife and she won't even say anything. Um, and then I'll, I'll I'll be like, yeah, I don't know why I can't work this out. I can't work that out, blah, blah, blah. But then I was like, if I do this and then, I, oh, wait, all right, I got it. <laughs> and she didn't even say anything. <laughs> She's just like, okay. <laughs> and sometimes it just happens that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, man, you, you gotta have that community, whether it be, you know, your wife, your, your best friend, mm-hmm. um, or, or like other, like, I'm a big fan of Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who mm. they did the Spider-Verse movie, they did the tw- 21 Jump Street, Clyde with Chance of Meatballs Lego movie. Uh, they will write their full blown script. And then they'll invite actor friends and other writer friends and director friends to their, like, to a studio to hold a reading. Mm-hmm. And then if, and like, their agents used to hate that. They're like, why would you do that? They're all going to have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we, we want to like put our script through like the ringer on right. this. Uh-huh. And they're like, no, and they just, just, just we, because we need the notes, and we all, we'd rather have the notes come from someone from creative people than like a suit who is kind of not really thinking about the story. They're kind of thinking about money, and right. that's their <laughs> job instead of making a good story. Um, so like, so I, I'm, I'm all about that, you know. Um, I think even there's some of some of the best moments in Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer have been because I talked to a friend about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or or they're like, yo, like it's really cool, but it's missing this aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. Why don't you try this? Right. You know, so yeah. community. Everyone have a community, an intimate community right. of, of friends who you who you trust with your shit. Yeah. And who will listen to. Who won't just be like yeah, I think it's I like like you're just really gonna have that like that mm-hmm. core group. Like, like, like having a community, and then and then and then of course, I mean, you mentioned it already, but having an editor. Um, I think a lot of a lot of indie creators when they first start off, uh, they're like, "Oh, I got this idea; it's great. I know it's great, and I'm good." <laughs> you know, um, when in reality, it's kind of like, "Ah, oh, man, you need like the editor is not there necessarily to tell you that your thing is bad. They're not there to tell you to 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 make you you know to." tell you this for worthless and you, you should have never written in your life. That's not what the editor is there for. The editor is there to point out things that you just don't see because you're looking from just your perspective. You know what I mean? Um, they, they're going to point out things that are, there are, um, that, that you probably wouldn't have thought about if it wasn't for their unique perspective. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I know, I know that when I, uh, when I play, I play this game, this card game <laughs> called Legend of Runeterra, right? I'm going to use that. I'm using that for example. Uh, the funny thing is when, when you're playing that game and you're the one playing the game, um, I miss stuff all the time. I don't know. Like, it's, I just, for some reason, like I'll, I'll, I'll play a card or like that was wrong because they're going to do this and I'm going to die, right? In the game. But whenever I'm watching somebody else play, for some reason, I can point out stuff that I would have never seen in my own game 
when when they're playing right and the same thing when i'm playing they could point out stuff that i would have never seen and and it's just that it's kind of like that bouncing off of one another right um like like you like you were just saying and an editor is there to to be someone to bounce off of and to also you know good editors off, offer good perspectives they help you know obviously there's grammar and stuff like that but they help you uh they make they make sure that you are following your north star in your storytelling um make sure that you're sitting out to do your story the way that you told them because you probably had conversations before they see the script the way you told them that you wanted the story to be to begin with and they help they help make sure you're on the right track so um yeah please get an editor and 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 yeah like dave was saying uh community and like this there's nothing wrong with bouncing off ideas like this this concept of people stealing your ideas it's not the world doesn't work quite like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been instances where people have stolen ideas, but generally speaking, it's um, it's how you tell the story, not what the idea is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like like uh, I can think of two other people who will do like a Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer thing, and but they'll have a totally different perspective on it. It's right. like hell. We, we we literally just saw. Spoiler alert! Actually, fuck that. It's all over the. It's all over the news. Um, we literally just saw three different Spider Men. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> three. Mm-hmm. This and this is three different directors, three different you know creative writers and people mm-hmm. on it. And at first, like they even like to, they were they were even like, oh, we how is this going to work? Because it's right. three actors who all played the same character. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> like they're all going to be saying the same shit or, or talking the same to each other. It's like, mm-hmm. no, this yeah. is three different expressions. Right. You know, youthful teenager going through it, a dude who's a little bit more seasoned and who has seen and is a man, Tony McGuire, mm-hmm. who's has, who now has that bitter compromise and, you know, who has been through everything. And then we have, you know, like the middle child of, uh, <laughs> who's a science straight up science chatty mm-hmm. uh Andy Garfield thing but yeah i just no one's going to be able to tell tell your story the way you do it that's a really good and, analogy the spider-man thing is a really that's really good because i that, that that's just a perfect example a, a, a perfect very like you know accessible example everybody well not everybody but most people have seen these spider-man movies and you know they realize oh man there are like three different Spider-Mans and they're they're all coming together and they're still their own person. You know, they still have their own character definition while they're, I mean, they're still Spider-Man, but they're still very well defined in their own worlds. So yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I like that. Um, I, 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 I wanted to ask also, so uh, shifting gears a tiny bit. So Harriet Tubman, uh, De- Harriet Tubman, I can never say that. Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. Harriet- say my shit right now. I'm going to say it five times fast. Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so when Harriet Tubman, <laughs> Demon Slayer, you've got a character who is a historical figure, right? Um, yeah. So this is very much an alternate reality uh, or alternate history uh, story, I, I, which I love those kind of stories. I, I find it hard to tell them because I have to know the original history very well. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of research. And I'm always worried about getting the details wrong. But, um, but I'm, I'm thinking about the idea of character and how you, characters in, 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 like, you know, uh, character you made up from, you know, whatever story, um, has their, you know, you create their motivations, you create their goals and stuff like that. Um, how is the approach different when you're working with a character who is in, who is an alternate history figure who kind of had a set of goals and motivations in real life. Um, but you need to kind of apply those to like this alternate uh, history. How have you kind of approached that or has it has been easy? Has it been tough? You know, what was kind of your process for that? All right, well, I will say something to the idea of like, of being afraid to get the details, right. Mm-hmm. You have to, uh, allow yourself to be wrong and then get the, <laughs> yeah. and, and to get things wrong. And that's scary because the like, historians come after you <laughs> actually, but here's like a cool, like I started, I wanted to know everything there is to know about Harriet Tubman before I started writing. But then I was like, yo, I really want to like, write. So I'm like, fuck <laughs> it. Let me just write. It. I'll edit later. Um, and just get that like part of me out. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we wrote like and then I still would go back and do research on some things because like we're not going to get everything a hundred percent 
right. And then also give, relieving myself of like that responsibility because I'm like, yo, she, there's a freaking werewolf she beats up in five issues. It's like, come on now. Um, <laughs> like, take it easy. Uh, this ain't, like, this ain't like going to win an Oscar or, or, or like, it's not, it's, it's, I like to say it's not a straight up biography, but I like to use the bio, like the real life story to kind of ground it. Right. And th- there was something I did miss, but uh, like a real, like this story, a person who has written Harriet Tubman, I think her name's Kate Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, damn, I'm forgetting her name. Kate, I think it was Kate Clifford Larson. Uh, sorry, Kate, if I'm like messing up your name. <laughs> um, she's written like other Harriet Tubman essays and done research. Uh, and I think like there, there is a mistake I made when I, when the book was done and being drawn and Kickstarter was done. And, uh, there's a thing where a vampire is terrorizing this family in issue one and just has a line where they say like, Hey, if you can, we're vampires. If, uh, you can spell vampire since you're a slave and you know how to read. If you can spell vampire, I'll kill you first. You don't have to watch me kill your family. Very dark crazy sinister mm. thing. Right. So Mary arrives, she says a line to the vampire when she looks at her katanas. He's like, hey, if you could spell katana right, mm-hmm. you know, I'll kill you first. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know right. so it's like a thing. So then Harriet Tubman does a thing that I like I thought was cool where she's just like, oh you don't know how to spell it, I'll help you. And she's like, K A <laughs> and that's like great. But then I found out Harry Tubman never knew how to read. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, shit. Oh, we gotta, we, we gotta make a, an adjustment. So I, I made it that she's not like great at reading. She knows a little bit about reading. Because mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was, it was already drawn. It looks cool. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a cool thing. So I'm like, all right. In my world, Eric Tubman knows a little bit about reading. Right, but, right. But again, you can only get like with all the research that we're doing uh, and the work of the artist, because like Cortland was great. He mm-hmm. came in with some notes uh he, he like one of the characters is bald mm-hmm. and he was like hey I, I didn't know he did this he's like hey man actually there was no slaves weren't bald mm-hmm. back then and i was like what he's like they still had like a little bit of hair mm-hmm. like there's no, no slaves weren't were, were, male slaves were rarely balding mm-hmm. and i was like I'm, I'm like all right brother she beats up a werewolf <laughs> like, I gave, you know like i, I gave like that analogy and stuff <laughs> Um, I'm like, we still have to tell this story and still mm-hmm. keep it moving. Mm-hmm. So, like, what I can do is take the things from her real story because we're we're kind of telling a alternate biography. Mm-hmm. So, keep it as close and keep it as respectful because this is a real person who really existed. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a character whose name. This is what freed me up. This is a character whose name happens to be Harriet Tubman. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then take it from there and then take pieces of her real life and her real experience and her real personality and root it in this story with like, right, oh, well, right. what? Because it is alternate. Yeah, it is alternate history. So you, you, have, you have more yeah. freedom, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and at first I was like, I got to do like her real biography because there has to be. <laughs> But then, you know, a Harriet movie came out, and then Harriet Tim was featured in another TV show, so she was in media. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, all right, they, they made the movie, they made the show. Uh, I think I can do my version of it now. Right, um, right. So, yeah. So, so how, what, what would you tell people who, who were, I mean, like in general, so we, we were just talking about all the, the idea of alternate history. Um, what advice would you give to people who were, trying to get into writing an alternate history uh, of any sort, even if it's not, you know, doesn't have to be America, 1800, anywhere. Like if, if you're doing an alternate history story, um, what's some advice that you would give on approaching that? Uh, figure out what your story is going to be with that historical figure. 
Uh, I knew since this is a big action, kinetic, fast paced story, mm-hmm. I'm going, I was like, okay, we're going to talk about when Harriet was a fugitive and focus in on that, like those five years right, and right. what was that like for, for her and also for her family. Mm-hmm. Cause like, you know, her and her husband, you know, got divorced <laughs> by all means and had like a nasty breakup and she never had children until mm-hmm. later in life where she adopted someone. Um, she has, and then her sister died and her, um, she got her nieces thankfully and rescued them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, figure out, like, don't worry so much about being like 150% historically accurate. Find out <laughs> what piece you want to tell mm-hmm. and write from that point of view and don't be afraid of making mistakes. Yeah. And then you go back and be like, okay, like, go back with the history being the editor. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you can, like if, if it's going to uh, halt the story or like paralyze the story, like uh, don't uh, like I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just just yeah, use the history as like the editor. Like there's one issue right. where like because um, people don't really talk about Harriet Tubman and her husband, and people mm-hmm. don't talk about the fact that and one of the things the the film got wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh respectfully respect <laughs> the film got this wrong where her husband wasn't wasn't like the best dude right, you know right. he, and he also he wasn't like a dark-skinned dude he was a very light-skinned man mm-hmm. he was very white passing right, um, right. that's an angle but, to speak about too especially examining that during those times very i mean i i, I believe uh in deathless oh dread nation in and deathless divide uh by justina ireland she also addresses that during that time because one of the main the secondary main character was very light-skinned and like she was like white passing and then they talked about the issues with that um with not 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 just the issues of her being white passing and being able to you know and, and being able to uh, kind of pretend in the culture, but also like how that made her feel internally, you know. Um, I mean, like, but anyway, I, I I just want to mention that because that's yeah, yeah. yeah that that's something that's um like you could take anything about any aspect of the character, like like so I guess I guess the way you're, you're the way you're speaking about alternate history figures is kind of like the way when we build characters, right? So when we build characters, we, we sit down and we go, okay, this is their background. They make this much money. They they live in this socioeconomic class. You know, the mom did this, they did this. They 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 were raised like this, and this is how they are. But when you look at a historical figure, it looks almost like you can take bits and pieces of actual history. And then you can choose something that you learn from that and use that as an angle from which to tell the story, you know? Um, yeah. So like, like the fact that you like, like you probably like the, the foremost uh, expert on Harriet Tubman at this point. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm still learned. Stuff. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, 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 I mean, but you know, you know so much about her just, just from, from doing so much uh, research for the story that you can tell uh, very unique angles. So like, like using the husband and stuff like that is, is, I mean, it's really interesting, you know? Um, and, and, and I think those, honestly, those are what make stories come together. What makes stories come together for me is when you're able to look at the small aspects of character, especially, cause that's, I, I believe character, I don't want to say they drive every story. Cause that's not true, but, but uh, character needs to be relatable in every story. Um, and if you can take some aspect of the character, that is um that people can relate to or some aspect of humanity that people um uh don't have that perspective on and they make them feel it in a, in a certain kind of way then um i think i think you're doing your you're, you're doing your job there so that, that's pretty that's pretty cool yeah um yeah so uh, something else i wanted to mention um was earlier you mentioned the the other comic about the the girl who was coming out and Either bedbug aliens or aliens. <laughs> Alien they, they are aliens. They are insect <laughs> uh, men in black aliens. <laughs> word, word. So I like. So what I liked about that was that what's really compelling about it in general is that you have an internal struggle that she's about to deal with. Like somebody coming out is a very, it's like a very, like 
internal, I'm about to do this this thing that I don't know how the world's going to react to it type of thing. So it's a very internal thing until she until she speaks it, right? So I like that you pair that with like a very external aliens are invading <laughs> kind of uh um and then and then it's kind it's kind of like uh well how how does somebody who's dealing with this 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 very robust internal possible turmoil depending on how her parents whoever react um and then this very external <laughs> powerful turmoil um what how, do, how how what is that i guess in my head i'm like how does that um make the character how does the character respond to that how do they operate in that sort of a world so i i, I guess my my question, or if you could elaborate on that, is, is how, how, how do you approach like balancing internal and external character uh, struggles? Um, you can even use that story as an example if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just with where the character's name is Zoe, mm-hmm. and I just also think with with everything, and I thought about it, you know, with everything that's happening in Ukraine, and oh yeah, <laughs> um, also like. Even you know we've lived through a pandemic, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> we've lived through it, it's still going on, right? And like, uh, I think when there's the chance of like, oh, I might not see my family, or mm-hmm. I might not be alive tomorrow, because um, I think she puts it all on like a pedestal of like coming out to her family, which is very scary. Mm-hmm. But like, what if you were going to die? in a very yeah. hor- horrific way, mm-hmm. possibly. And you have to fight for that. Um, I think, uh, without spoiling it, I think once you be it up, like, this thing that could kill you, mm-hmm. you your, like, level of uh, the gravity of, like, fear kind of dissipates, <laughs> you know, and you're able to, like, face this thing and you know be it kind of forces you to run toward yourself in a way i don't know if that's making uh any, any sense but like no, it, what's does, it does yeah <laughs> you, like because like what, what, what's the opposite? like i'm terrified of driving on i used to be terrified fucking i still am i'm terrified of driving on like bridges and oh, yeah. or, like, or like mountains when it's like cliffless and shit. Oh so, man, you don't don't drive through like Canada and Alaska and yeah, over there yeah. you'll see a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Like like that shit. Like I think my girlfriend is just like like la, la, la. I'm, I'm like yo, girl. Like you have to go, <laughs> girl. It's the speed limit says thirty, and you going forty. Like, like girl, chill. But like, <laughs> I think once you've gone through like the wolf. Or the alien at the door, mm-hmm. you know, and you've survived it. You're kind of you, you kind of get a a new like armor of like boldness, right? Right. So, um, so yeah, that, that that's how I that's how I I don't know if I answered your question. No, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, I got it. No, no, I mean because so so the idea, at least the way I'm thinking of it in my head, is is that you you have this very internal struggle that she's that she's dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it's like, you're going to die kind of shows up. <laughs> and then that, that helps to kind of empower the other situation in a way. Like she's going, she like almost like, again, I don't know what happens in the story, but I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like a character goes through, uh, or, or let's say any story, not even that story. If, if, if a character has something that they were trying to do that was difficult and then something else hits them, they go through these different trials and tribulations, right? Then they're geared up. They're, you know, powered up, armored up, like you said, to deal with, yeah. to do the other thing that was, that was difficult. And I, and I like, I really like that because it's like, that's a, that's, that's character growth in a nutshell, you know? Um, yeah. it's, it's like you go through these things, you go through these, these difficult situations and then, and then you come out able to accomplish something that was introduced at the beginning of the story, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's really good stuff. I mean, I, honestly, I, I'm all about character character journey i mean i think it's one of the most important things um you literally can't have a story without a character journey even if the story is just a bunch of people like shooting each other killing each other or whatever like it's just like action even in an action story you need some sort of character growth yeah. you know exactly um, like I, I i really believe in um at least now with this story 
And with other stories, I'm like, all right, like we can easily make a bunch of explosions and we can easily make a bunch of cool looking shit, but we got to connect to what, what's the emotional um, thing. Like I'm working, I'm working on this other comic book right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going to be like my superhero comic. Hey. <laughs> And I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure out this character. Uh, it's just about like everyone in his town or like everyone in his state gets mm-hmm. superpowers. Right. And, and how everyone like reacts differently to having superpowers. Mm-hmm. Are they going to become good guys or are they going to become like bad? And like the boys. No. <laughs> like, are they going to do that? And this one dude who has kind of like, you know, basic superpowers and stuff like he kind of has invincible as powers. He decides like, yeah, we gotta stop this. Like, I'm gonna try and help out. Right, you know, right. it feels like it's my you know responsibility or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's already gone through some things with like his dad being dead um, and having to kind of step up in his house a little bit. And then now he has to step up in his community. And it takes place in like Florida, um, where like it's kind of like what if Flint, Michigan happened in Florida? Mm. Basically, so many weird things already happened in Florida. So I just thought of the <laughs> and it, it's called Florida Man because every time <laughs> you hear like something you know crazy that happens in Florida, it's always like Florida Man. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make a superhero. Um, <laughs> so I've I just been like trying to like. Uh, but again, as a storyteller, like things can inspire you in different ways. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to start from internally and work internally, or it's going to be from like the outside in. Right. Like, I have no idea what Florida man looks like right, right now. Right. <laughs> you know, when he, when he becomes, you know, I don't even know what the character's name is mm-hmm. yet. I'm just kind of like Florida man hilariously. Right. It's like Florida, Florida man is like the most personal thing mm-hmm. that I think I've written is because it's um I've realized, you know, the next uh I try to be personal with everything I that I do, mm-hmm. but it, everything that I've done, it's mainly been black women in, in the lead, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. And I'm happy to do it like Nightmare. Right, 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 right. <laughs> B, it's a black woman. And <laughs> happy to do that because my mom is a black woman, my sisters are black women, and mm-hmm. I have nephews and a girlfriend who's a black woman. So, um, but like Florida Man is like, it's like, oh shit, it's, it's literally me. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and like, dude's gone through a similar things. So it's like a weird biography, but not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's very personal, but you have to be really yeah. personal. And, uh, like, you, you have to also have a lot of empathy when you're mm-hmm. writing. Like, I think for Nightmare in New York, like, I, I don't have any experience with, you know, I'm a straight black man. I don't have, it, I don't have experience coming out to my family or, like, confession. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something that I, I don't want my mom to know. But, like, <laughs> um, but I don't think I would be like, oh, shit, the world's ended. Let me see how this rides out. And then I'll tell right. you. <laughs> but like, so for this, it just had to, uh, another form of research that is similar to Harriet Tubman, uh, that I think I had to do more of for this was interviewing, uh, different queer people of color mm-hmm. to see what it was like coming out to their family and right. just being emotionally open because people are bearing their souls right. and talking about, um, scary things that actually happened and mm. and also they're being nice to tell something that they lived through and i'm right. just kind of writing it and taking it to ground my story but that's and, doing the work that's that's doing the work though and and, and, and that's good you know um it, it's astounding how, how how few people do the work and, and i'm not talking about just people who are new i'm talking about people who are in the industry who don't do the work you know, uh, I mean, it's getting better now. I will, I will say, I, I honestly think that we are making waves in the, I don't want to say since what day, I don't know what date, but just look at me, look at TV nowadays. Look at the people of color on TV. Look at the women on TV. Look at the LGBT community on TV. Look, look, look at the different, look how 
it's not all the same anymore. I mean, don't get me wrong. People will be like, oh, well, back in the day, we had we had all the black shows. We had Martin and Fresh Prince and Moesha. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, we had, we had, it was a very segregated thing. You know what I mean? It was a very, it was a very like, here's your area of television. And that's why we got the, and it was great. We got those black shows and, I, and I'm still all for black shows like that. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I love, you know, blackish. Like, like you that. can have your black shows, but they will all happen <laughs> on Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> right. right. Under UPN or Fox. Or BET. <laughs> or BET when they get the budget to <laughs> do something that isn't Rap City or yeah. uh, uh, hits. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a millennial, everybody. Right. Um, I mean, but but the fact the fact that the, the the fact that it matters now nowadays we are seeing more diverse things and we are seeing more people step up. I mean, David, I think it was Lindelof who did Watchmen. Man, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. Yo, I'm like I'm like big ups to David. They, yo, they they didn't tell him, hey, you're gonna do a black show about black history. You're gonna talk about Tulsa. No, David was like. I talked to somebody. I learned something that I didn't know. And this is a story that should be told. And it makes no sense to tell historical comic book like story. And none of this ever, ever be mentioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and he went off. He got, black people. he got black people. He got, he went and got women and black people in the writer's room. Like he, yeah. he went and got, he went and got a diverse writer's room. Cause he's like, I want to tell the story, but I know I'm the showrunner. I'm in charge of this, but I know I'm not the person to tell the story directly. He went and got people, bro. That's what you do. <laughs> exactly. You know, like you got to not only like black writers, you got black directors. Yeah. <laughs> like directing it. And uh, yeah, man, like it took, took a step back and just use, use like the right talent to position them to mm-hmm. put them together. And yeah, yeah, man, you're right. Yeah, doing the work and knowing, like, again, like having that, having those voices to help tell the story. You right. know, like, like my editor is, is queer. Uh, she's a queer black woman. So I was like, yo, I need you in this story. <laughs> right, right. I, and I seek out, like, like I think, so what you did with the, with the research of going out and, and, and talking to people and, and, and learning about their experience, like, like you, said, you said, the empathy, cause you know, it's like, I don't deal with this directly, but I, I need to do the work to learn from them to, to, to learn as much as I can about this experience so I can make sure I'm writing it properly. And then, you know, editors who can read, you know, editors or, or beta readers or whoever who can read and, and kind of, you know, tell me how they feel about this thing. Like that's that is what is that's what's real. That's like part of the of the inclusion and diversity picture. You know, um, and, and 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 I think it's I think it's important. You know, um, I I don't I don't like the idea of of people like I I don't mind people that are not of a particular background writing a particular thing, but I I, I do mind if they don't do the work. You know what I mean? So like if if there's a white person writing like David Lindelof. I don't mind that he did that because he did the work. Now, if it was, if he did it, if, if that could have went way different, he could have, uh, he could have not hired people, <laughs> and it may have not turned out right. You know, um, oh yeah, yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's an authenticity thing. But right. like, I, I don't know if you see, I forget what show it is, but it, it was all like Netflix, and it, it was, it was literally like about like a, it was a, it was a black, I forget what it was, but it was something like black dude and a latina woman arguing who has it worse mm-hmm. when it comes to like, it, it was so terribly red <laughs> all right all right we're gonna do the oppression olympics and see who has it worst right and it was cringe writing right and then then like it like went viral on like black twitter and then people like looked up who the showrunner and writers are because mm-hmm. like people were on imdb pro mm-hmm. and it was all white women oh no no, and, and the problem with that is, the problem is not so. Comedy is comedy, you know. Like I get it. You you look at other people. You, you look at you look at cultural norms. You, you, you know, I I don't think anything should be off off. I mean, that's a whole different conversation about comedy. I think I think comedy needs to be tasteful. I don't think anything, anything should be off limits, but it should be done properly, right? You should be respectful of whoever you're jonesing on, right? <laughs> um, but it's not respectful if you are a bunch of white people in a room talking about black people over there they're not even in on the joke 
You know what I mean? It's like, it's not... <laughs> I, I, you know, what makes me, uh, what makes me feel instantly comfortable mm-hmm. with, uh, what's called, uh, everyone most recently, I got my comic book option to be a television series. We yeah. printed many, um, and what is great about him is every writer, every showrunner, every staff person he's like brought to work on the, this as a television show. Mm-hmm. He, like he said, hey, I think it should be a black woman or a black man. Personally, I think the writer's room should be, you know, 100% black. Okay, if we're going to be diverse, it has to be 99 point six percent uh black and and i've made it's mainly been very qualified awesome black people Mm -hmm. that he that's been that have been brought in to work on this um because like there just has to be because it's also you're you're taking an experience (laughs) <laughs> and who like you have to get people who have lived through it and have been through it. It it, it just adds like it, it's authenticity that we're going for. Right, authenticity. And, yep. You can't like like I'm sorry. Like uh, I personally think black people should be writing and directing X Men movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's very that's a very good point. <laughs> very very good point. Like, I mean, I mean, cool. I'm glad that, I mean, he, he's a terrible, awful human being, Brian Singer. Mm-hmm. But I think the smartest thing he ever did with that series, um, the fact that he's like, he came at it as like, okay, I'm a gay man. So mm-hmm. people like look at me a certain way. But then he took it a step deeper where I, he, he didn't, this was bad, but I kind of forgive it just a little bit. <laughs> he he was like, no one's allowed to read X-Men comics mm. on set. Uh, I, every person who's playing a mutant, I want you to research. Um, he brought in people who were actually freedom writers mm-hmm. and who were civil rights protesters. He says, you're going to read those journals and talk to those people. Mm-hmm. And then with uh, Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, he's like, I want you to read and study as if you're playing Martin Luther King, that mm-hmm. essence. And you, I want you, which is like a little problematic because Magneto is like, I want you to be Matt Malcolm X. Right. It's like, like, all right, we're kind of going a little extreme. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm, like, I'm like, come on now. Malcolm X ain't trying to like, wasn't like kill everyone who killed him. Right, 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 right. <laughs> He, he was like, I would defend myself if someone grabs me. Mm-hmm. But he, but I think it was like a, I think he clarified or something that it was like an energy like thing of like there was this side and then it was this side and the spoke sides respected each other, but they did clash because mm-hmm. uh, you had to tell a very heightened version of it. Right. But uh, but yeah, you have to like someone that has been oppressed and has been othered. You have to have them in in on it. You know, you can't have someone that's, you know, who has an idea of what it's like. It's like, no, you got to get someone who has the actual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. To be uh, part of it. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always going to hit on authenticity, diversity, um, behind the scenes um behind the pages whatever you know whatever kind of storytelling it is but um um but, but no matter who's writing the story just just do the work that part is very I, i'm all for i i like when white people talk uh, tell story about black people it's fine if you did the work because that means you're learning <laughs> you know that means you're learning that means you're that means you're exploring uh and if you're writing if you're doing a project that is not like a novel where it's just you uh then black people should be working on that project too with you, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but in any case, um, yeah, we, we talked about quite a bit. Um, we, I mean, we, with your character, talk about her, obviously Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, got to say it slow now. <laughs> um, and, and, and again, I, I, I really like the idea of, 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 uh, approaching character from the AU alternate history. Uh, I say AU is like alternate universe, but alternate universe history perspective, you know, Um, I I really like that idea because it's it's something that I haven't done directly um, that much, Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting to think about. And I'm like, what kind of, 
kind of alternate histories can we do? Uh, uh, but, but there's a lot. Like I was working on something yeah. else too, potentially, mm-hmm. where it started out as a joke. Well, it did start out as a joke. Someone called. I was on Karen Hunter's show, mm-hmm. and someone was mad that I was doing the comic. Who hadn't read it? But like they were like, "Mount <laughs> Troll." They're like, "They're like, well, well what's next? Uh, Martin the King, uh, Mutant Hunter, or, or, or something?" And I'm like, "No, the next book is Twelve Years a Slave and Zombies." And then I hung up. Mm. I was like, "Wait, <laughs> <laughs> look, wait, that's a wait. Hold on, <laughs> this might be a thing. <laughs> Put a like, whole Austin universe t- together." Just <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute!" It just started like. It's totally different from Harriet Tubman Deacon's Slayer. It's much darker, yeah. and it, it, it's kind of it trails off from the source material yeah. a lot. I, I, I love that though. I love that though. I mean, I ironically, like, I'm, I'm talking about this, and and I, I actually I can't talk about it yet because it's not can't be out there yet. <laughs> but there is a there is a thing that I, that I was hired to work on um that is awesome, alternate man. history. Um so like I, I I'm excited like th- and that's my first venture in doing something that, that's like that. And um I probably way overdid the history research, but man, I was I was re- like I, I can't even say the names because it may give away too much. But the people who I was researching from that time period, I, I probably went way overboard. Yeah, I learned a lot though. I mean, that's the fun thing about, about writing is that you, you're constantly learning. Anything you learn is potential for writing and anything you're writing is potential for learning. So like, I, I, I really like the idea of, you know, just, just gaining knowledge as we, you know, like that, that's what writing is constant gaining of knowledge. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up in a moment here. Uh, is there anything that you would like to tell people for either just general writing advice or, or anything like that? Anything you want to leave? with uh i think usually people get nervous or they feel disconnected from typing on their keyboard um (laughs) this is something that uh i think i think my my friend a friend of mine gave me this like bit of advice he's like yeah before you go to your computer Mm -hmm. write it in a notepad like write the full-blown script like in the notepad just because it kind of gets all the clunk and mess out and you put it on that page right. and uh and i've been doing that you know <laughs> for, for a minute now um but it just makes when i'm typing it it makes it, it flow faster mm-hmm. and uh since i like wrote it down you know it's kind of puts the story more in my head Mm-hmm. Uh, my handwriting and everything like that, right? And right. Um, and things kind of live inside me a little bit more, right? Yeah, it's um, a little more connected to you. Yeah. So when you're just typing, you're just like, like, I like. I think writing it in the notepad is kind of like uh, when you're like lifting weights and working out. <laughs> but then when you type it out, it kind of feels like it's the show where you can kind of like flex a little bit, right? Right. So, <laughs> just kind of like flows because like okay we, we did the, the grunt work now we can like like that was crawling and now we're running right right yeah yeah i like the idea i like the idea i i probably because my mom was a kind of a techie and she was working on computers and she was like a kid and I, she got me into it since i was a kid i probably feel more connected to a keyboard than i do to a notepad <laughs> i'm like wait don't do you remember how to write what is this like, <laughs> i'm so used to typing i it's kind of funny is now i type far more than i write like 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 far far more uh, i mean it was different when i was in school but but now it's like man I'm like very rarely writing on a on a notepad. Maybe maybe I should try it out though. Maybe I should try out uh, just the try it out. I mean, like I mean, yeah. again, everyone's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, I, like I just use that as my like rough draft. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wrote this TV show, this uh, that that isn't Harriet, mm-hmm. and I wrote like a pilot of it, and then I, and then I typed it out, yeah. and it felt a little bit better. And I did like. I did 15 drafts on this pilot. Uh, I didn't go back and be like, all right. And uh, I was like, okay, it, it's just, it's just a base. 
to and it's kind of a way to it's kind of a way to cheat the the blank page right because you're not i mean you sell a blank page on paper but it's a little bit different because you flow out a little easier when you're writing you just you just just kind of go at it versus when you open that word man the word document is a that's a thing right there open up that blank word document and you're just like i don't even know where to start like, you know, um, but you kind of keep the system when you, when you wrote it down on paper first. Then now you have something to at least put onto the Word document, you know? Yeah, you know, there's something, uh, I don't know if you've had him on this show, but you got to have him on the show. Uh, David Walker, he he said something. Oh, I, have, I have not had David Walker, not on this show yet. I've had I've interviewed him before on an old podcast, but not on this one yet. But we're going to bring him back on this one. Yeah, bring him <laughs> back. He, he said something, you can tell, I'll say this to him. Uh, he had a thing where, where he, he was stuck on something and he didn't know where to go with it. And I think he just wrote down, um, he wrote it, I think, in his notepad. He was like, poignant line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he knew the story had to end on this poignant line, but he didn't know what it was. So when it came time to type it up, by the time he got to it, it just kind of just happened like that. And, right. uh, he was able to like write, you know, and make it really simple. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's another thing that he said. It's like, yo, because he's like, yo, you, you got to keep it moving. You got to keep momentum. <laughs> I like, don't, you can't halt like 12 chapters. Uh, right, exactly. 12 pages because you're like, man, I got to get this one. It's like, no, just be like, they say this thing that means this mm-hmm. uh, and keep it moving. Yes. Right. right. Walker on. He has three things now that are on. <laughs> uh, and he's a great writer. <laughs> I, I, I like I like the quote. I, I don't know. I know I say this all the time. I don't know if I. I don't think I saw it anywhere or if it's been said before. But one of my favorite things to say, that I guess, is my quote. Until I find it somewhere else, is editing is writing, in my opinion. Like editing is writing. It's like the writing. Sure, when you're writing, you're writing. Okay. But you're like, you're really just trying to get the words out. You know what I mean? Like, like when I'm writing a first draft, a, a lot of the time I'm like, yo, this is sucks. But I'm like, just do it. Like, it's like kind of a slog, but it's like, yo, just, just get it out. And then I feel so much better when I'm going through the editing process. It just feels so much. Yeah. It's like you're, because usually you're not doing it the same day. So you wake up fresh to it the next day or whatever, or whenever you come back to it. And it's kind of just like a, you, you no longer have a blank page. You now you have something to work with. You have a thing. Now you just gotta you're kind of molding the thing, you know. Um, you're not starting from ground zero, so I, I really like the idea of editing being writing. Um, but yeah, yeah. All right, so can you tell folks where they can find you at on social media and what new works? I know you mentioned some earlier, but just reiterate um, or yeah. those or anything else you've got coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at dcrownson. Uh, if you want to follow all things with Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, uh, it's at Harriet Tubman underscore Demon Slayer, uh, and at Kingwood Comics. Those are all the Instagram handles. <laughs> um, Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer issue seven, uh, hopefully will come out <laughs> on, on, on Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Nightmare in Newark, the Kickstarter for that drops in April. Uh, with Brett Parkson as the artist, he does the Tang Girl books, and he's already turned in some pages, and they look amazing. Looks so nice. Cool nice. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Um, and my, my next book is way into the future. It's Killer B. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't come out until uh, it got it got pushed back because Prentice Penny decided to make my comic into a TV show. Mm. So 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 here we are. Um, <laughs> a very blessed problem um yeah. uh, killer b is about an assassin who mm. is retiring and finds out uh that assass- killing people is wrong and breaks <laughs> her down even though she's killing bad people mm-hmm. uh so she beats this dude in her building and falls in love with this guy and she's like all right i'm gonna <laughs> kill this last person on my hit list and i'm gonna go into the sunset with this amazing guy she gets her assignment and it's her boyfriend. Oh no. So she has to like, <laughs> choose between like killing this guy mm-hmm. that she's in love with, who makes her mm-hmm. feel like alive and seen and feel like a human being for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I like that. I like that. That's a yeah. that's a conflict right there, you know? <laughs> or or if she doesn't kill this dude, 
in this world of assassination squad that like if you don't like deliver on your hit and check in within 24 hours of the hit they mm. sent a bunch of people to yeah. kill you you become so, the hit <laughs> exactly it's like i was like all right and um, you didn't kill that one person now we're mm. gonna send an army of people to kill you and it's very like it's the most violent thing i've ever written and the most action-packed thing. <laughs> I think it's even more action-packed than Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Florida Man's like a fun superhero uh, thing. Right, that, right. That I'm, that I'm doing. That, that, that's like way into the future. Right, 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 right. We'll see. We'll see it soon. We'll see it soon. Yeah, got, we'll a lot see. Of, got a lot of stuff in tow. Got a lot of stuff in tow. Um, yes, in the fire <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah of course always you can find uh, this podcast beyond the fourth wall of writing on all major podcast hosts that's spotify iHeartRadio, radio uh itunes wh- whatever you listen to podcast on you can find it uh just look up beyond the fourth wall of writing that's i-b-w-a-l-l um or you can go to fourthwall.net um or follow me on fourth wall and get the podcast that way. But uh, yeah, that's all the time we have for this episode and we will catch y'all next time. Peace out. Bye everybody.